here. But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, aviators. This is pilot Jim G, and you're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788. Broadcasting at 15.10 a.m. from Lakeland, Florida, and streaming live on the web at liveatc.net forward slash SNF. Now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, sponsored in part by supporters of Sun and Fun Radio. And welcome back to Sun and Fun Radio Live. We are broadcasting live here at the 2015 Sun and Fun Fly-In. 41st Annual Sun and Fun, the 21st Annual Radio Broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is my great honor and pleasure to turn control of the Sun and Fun Radio deck and the Sun and Fun Radio airwaves over to the Voices in Your Head, the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast. Thank you. Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm I'm Jack Hodgson, and uh, I'm here. And on Dave's the, the one with the dead mic. I this know, week. huh? You 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 did. Jeb got him in the in the swap suite seats with David. Well, I, I got Amy's mic. So I'm Jack Hodgson. Uh, I'm here with uh, uh, my two good friends and a bunch of other good friends as well. We're going to have quite a little cast here uh, to talk about uh, aviation in general and the sun and fun fly in in particular. Um, and uh, let me. Let me first of all say hello. David, let's see if this microphone's working. David, are you... You mean this mic? There you go. Now we can hear you. Uh, that's... The young men in the booth had already taken care of. That's Dave Higdon, uh, one of my very good friends here. How are you doing, David? Lovely. It's been a wonderful first day. Not too hot, not too humid. Uh, first day of the fly-in, but you've been here for a couple of days, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So uh, I hear what you have to, what you've seen so far. Uh, and uh, Jeb, uh, how are you doing? Is it... I don't know what planet he's from, but it's it's humid here. <laughs> okay, if the if the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, what, what should I call you the the expat Florida guy here or the Florida man? Yeah, no, you're not a Florida man, but you've embraced the Florida lifestyle for sure. And if you think it's humid, it's humid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I, as I've discussed previously, I'm an air cooled organism. So I have to have air flowing over me. I see. Okay, I the radio part we've long known about. Right? Yeah. So you're you're a, you're, a, you're a Volkswagen engine, is what you're saying? Air cooled organism. Uh, continental. We're joined by a couple of uh, other friends of the podcast. Uh, uh, Amy Loboda, a very very dear friend of the podcast. Hi, Amy. How are you? Can we hear you? You can. Ah, uh, there me. you are. Hi. How have you been doing? I'm doing wonderful. I don't know about you guys, uh, but hot, humid, yes, but at the same time, um, not as hot as yesterday. Yes, yeah, so you are before. a Florida person. Or you, the day before. You're born and bred, right? You've been here all... Well, you, you, I've been here you since 1965, here. Yeah, okay, yes. so there you go. Since you were Was since that about, long enough? Since about ten since, years before you were born, and also here uh, is uh, is another uh, not a not a voice that you hear as often on the podcast, but a good friend of the podcast, Rod Rakick is here. Hi, Rod. How are you? I'm great. And being from Chicago, I don't know what you guys are all complaining about. I love it down here. It is warm. I've been freezing my. I, I'm, okay, is this a family show? Uh, it's been really cold. It's AM radio, if nothing else. It's so. been really cold in Chicago for a really long time, so I'm just happy to be since, here. Since about 1720, I've heard. <laughs> 
So we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, fly-in and some of the things that we've seen and some of the things that we're involved in. Uh, David, you've been here for three days. Um, I'm going to let, I'm going to assume that you've seen a little bit more. You've got a little bit more of a feeling of it's still day one. Things are still developing, and some announcements haven't been made yet. But what have you seen so far? Oh, I've seen uh, the new Highlander with the big engine. I've seen a motor glider that uh, from Pipistrelle that looks very promising. Uh, Let's see, there's some new engines coming from Superior, uh, diesels that cover a range from light sport category up to uh, 500 plus horsepower. Uh, and let's see, what else? Uh, we were walking around today, you saw that uh, air cam that was kind of interesting. Yeah, we saw a, uh, an air cam over at their, at their display that uh, was a first, in my experience, that had uh, back doors for the cargo area, back doors for the passenger seat, and a uh, rearward hinged or rear hinged uh, upward tilting canopy for the PIC seat up front. And it's like there is an air cam that you could fly outside of the Florida influence and not freeze your na na's off. <laughs> That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Jeb, like myself, Jeb, you just arrived this morning, so you haven't had a chance to see as much. I know you made a beeline to buy oil. Got to get the oil, man. Yeah. Got, 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 got the oil. What was the his oil? Pack? Air-cooled guys like him need plenty of positive <clears throat> lubrication. All kidding aside, did you have a chance in, in wandering around? you see anything yet yeah, that's interesting? Yeah, um, a couple of, uh, an interesting uh, training platform. Uh, let me see if I can find the, uh, yeah. Uh, flythissim.com, mm-hmm. one word. Um, interesting uh, simulator platform, um, PC-based, but uh, uh, a lot of uh, HDTV screens, and uh, it's all it's all basically software. Uh, touch screens running uh, at least Windows 8.0, if not A1 or higher. Um, very realistic. Uh, you know, not... Um, not an inconsiderable expense, but um, for someone with um, um, a twin or a, a high-end Cirrus or something like that, certainly something that would k- let them keep uh, keep their proficiency, mm-hmm. uh, high level of proficiency. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things, uh, some some products that I, I knew about uh, from a, a recent uh, earlier trade show. Um, have, are here, and I'm, I'm interested to, to stop by those booths and, and see what kind of reaction they're getting at this at this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rod, um, you, you are. Uh, many people realize, but I'll tell them anyways, that you are one of the founders of Open Airplane, um, and that's something we definitely want to hear from you about before you leave us. But let's put that aside for just a second. Okay. What have you seen here this year that's that's interesting to you? So. Not being in the industry my entire life, I had this whole career outside of aviation before you know, working on the startup. Um, I've been flying since I was 16, and so you know these kind of events have been a big part of my life. I'm not even going to count how many years I've done, but um, I will say the saying that someone gave me early on was that the first few years you come for the planes and then you come for the people. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely in the I come for the people 
uh, part of this uh, experience. So I've been seeing my friends. I've seen the the folks that I connect with online that f- you know follow what we're doing online, and then I follow what they're doing online, both personally and with with Open Airplane. Uh, and that's been the biggest part of the show for me today. And I've only been here today. I'm I'm jetting out tonight, but. Um, so, yeah, like it's good to see the industry is doing well. The people, you know, the the booths aren't smaller. The 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 products, you know, aren't going away. Like, I, you know, there aren't big gaps, you know, on the on the on the um, on the grounds where where things should have been there and aren't there anymore. So it's all good news. I'm seeing good news here at Sun and Fun as we kick off the fly-in season. And uh, more importantly to me, I'm, I'm seeing all the great people that make up the community. Yeah, very cool. And Amy, what have you seen so far? People selling airplanes and telling me that they have deep confidence that they've got buyers at this show. Uh, yeah, well, and of course, of course they're going to say that. Do you believe them? Today, I believe them. I'm not sure what that means. You say believe, they don't always say that. Are you going to believe them on, when, on, uh, on uh, Thursday? On Thursday, they're going to tell me they either did or they didn't. Yeah. But I like to come to a show on the first day that is not packed to the gills, and it's not. It very rarely is on a Tuesday, and have vendors, particularly high-end vendors, optimistic, Mm -hmm. like happy, like I had people who were not tire kickers here today, and I think I'm going to sell airplanes this week. I like to hear that. I I think that that's a great way to start any show. It's upbeat. It feels good. It didn't rain today, which is more than you can say for yesterday. Uh, Apparently it was wet here yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Wet uh, and windy, apparently. Wet and very windy. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But it's all moved south. And uh, if you stand in the shade, you can almost think it's springtime. Yeah. No, I mean, a few of us were whining about the humidity, but it was actually a very pleasant day here today. So uh, I, too, whined about the humidity. I'm thawing. We've just been joined, or we've been joined a couple of minutes ago by another great friend of the podcast and, uh, and a great f- friend of general aviation. Uh, uh, Charlie Becker is here. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Hi, Jack. I'm doing great. Yeah, so uh, Charlie is a e- longtime EAA staffer. Uh, he uh, has, last time we talked to you, you were, I believe, the director of uh, communities and home built. Uh, and look, he's like, he's got this look like I'm about to embarrass. This is very cool, and we are very happy for you. You've just got a little bit of a promotion or a new responsibility at EAA. What's the deal? What, what are you doing now? Yeah, I'm going to take over chapters as well. Uh-huh. And, and so I is, volunteered is this a for good it. thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I, I don't volunteered know. for it, but I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, chapters, I, for years, have been crowing about how wonderful chapters are. Chapters are right up there among the top two, three, four great things about EAA. And, uh, and it doesn't surprise me that it's something that you're passionate about, too. Um, you know, and there may be some people who are not even familiar. They may even be EA members who are not familiar with chapters. Can you kind of give us the, the, the short version of what, what chapter activities are like and, and how that all works? Sure. We have uh, over 900 chapters around the U.S., Canada, and the world. And basically, they are local organizations that are just a groups of, of passionate EA members that want to you know, improve the lot of aviation in their local area. And, you know, it might be through building aircraft. It may be through holding pancake breakfast, doing young eagle flights. Um, the educational programming they put on typically once a month is a real benefit to aviators. And so there is no one mold for a chapter. It can take 
uh, on many different looks, just depending on the, the local geography, so to speak. Yeah, and large and small, too. Oh, yeah, everything from, you know, the minimum is 10. you got to have 10 to form a chapter. But we, you know, the vast majority of them are on the smaller side, between 20 and 40 members. But we have some that are as many as 300. Mm-hmm. And a chapter will typically have a, a regularly scheduled monthly meeting where they'll Correct. get together and do whatever, as you mentioned. Some, they have different, different themes, if you will. Um, but they'll usually get together for that and then ad hoc gathering's throughout the throughout the month and, yeah, and all year around. Yeah, and, uh, some some chapters like Titusville just up the road, they have a pancake breakfast first uh, Saturday of every month. That's kind of a standing thing for them and mm-hmm. you know a lot of them have standing uh, days where they fly young eagles. Uh, our chapter 252 in Oshkosh of which I'm president, we have two pancake breakfasts that are kind of a big deal that go on and then we have a corn roast uh, throughout the year and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, besides our our normal 12 get together. Yeah. Yeah. I've been involved with three or four chapters in my time. I was actually the president of a chapter. I was the president of a vintage chapter. There you go. For, for a year. I was a terrible president, so they made they came to their senses after a year. I was going to say uh, another quick study group. Yeah. Term limits. But uh, yeah, so uh, but uh, chapters are terrific and it's some of the, some of the most fun um, and greatest friendships I've made in through EAA. So uh, so congratulations on that and thank you. And thank you for taking that on because it's an important part of the whole thing. Um, we've also been joined by another friend, uh, yet another voice that we haven't heard as much on the podcast, but we have uh, had you visit us before, um, and and that is Alan Klapmeyer. Uh, how are you doing, Alan? How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Um, you're very, very welcome. Um, many people are familiar with Alan's work uh, as one of the founders of uh, Cirrus Aircraft and uh, did some great work there and then moved on a few years back to uh, be involved with other activities. You got involved with Kestrel which was a company that was going to be building a program to develop a, a turboprop aircraft, right? I'm sorry, I misunderstood the question. Do you mean is going to be? You said was. I was a little confused Well, no, no. I, is going to yeah, okay, All it. by itself, you were involved with Kestrel. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at here, and doing a really terrible job at it, is that you've made some news, in, or you've, you've announced some news in the last couple of days, and uh, Kestrel has joined together with another aviation company, and you're going to do some interesting things. Tell us a little bit about that. We are. What we've formed is a group called One Aviation Corporation that will be the parent company of both Kestrel and Eclipse. Mm-hmm. So we're putting together what will in the end be a family of airplanes. We're trying to make sure we rationalize how we build airplanes, how we talk to customers, how we offer services and products and so on. And change general aviation a little bit. So you're again. off on a new adventure yet again. Uh, I- how did the how did Star Trek used to end? Uh, something about this the continuing voyages. Oh, okay. Yes, it, it, it's not a new adventure. It's the continuing uh, these the continuing, are the continuing voyages these of are, Alan Clapmeyer. These are the in continuing aviation. adventures of Alan Clapmeyer in aviation, along with a whole bunch of other really cool people. Yeah, you had a press conference this uh, well a, a briefing uh, up in uh, one of the tents near the media center today, and. Was there any questions there that really surprised you to come out of that group? So the way I wanted to describe it was a conversation with friends as opposed to a press conference or a briefing or something like that. Because we really do just want to sort of let people in on part of the strategy, the explanation about what we're doing. No, I don't think there were any questions that surprised me. and But we talked a lot about what the various questions might be ahead of time including, you know, why would you be crazy enough to do something like this and, you know, those kind of simple and, and questions. And what did you tell the, your friends when they asked that question? Why would you be crazy enough to do something like this? I was this? still twitching, so I wasn't able to answer. <laughs> you, know, you know, obviously, from our point of view, there's nothing crazy about it. It's a very rational process. Uh, 
the, the financial world likes to talk about roll-ups. I prefer the word rationalization. How do you put the right products together in the right structure to have the right kind of business, which means services and products for customers? But to me, it, it's... Well, I, th- I think I said this today. I never remember what I say when I'm up in front of people because I say the same thing all the time. But this has been the plan for decades, you know, that, that there would be a family of airplanes. It's just taken longer than I expected. Okay. You took my question. So I was listening to you talk about it, and I was going back in my head to the book. And, you know, the story of how you and your brother were building airplanes in the barn and that there was going to be a family of airplanes with different capability, different power plant. And and now it's suddenly there. It is. There's this big part of that chart Back all in the coming VK together. Thirty days. Pa- part of it, right? In 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 those days, the the idea was that first you know, we started with the VK30, which was the kit, and obviously a long history with EA and and home builds. Then the 20 was the smaller airplane. There was a 40 and a 50 and a 60 and a 70, all mapped out as to what they would look like. This is a little bit different than that to start with, partly based upon lots of financial realities and partly based upon how do you make the right first step so that you can go do the rest of those airplanes? So instead of thinking of this as a series of airplanes that people would move up through, it's it's going to start with a horizontal line that people have a choice of. And, and I've been using the automobile analogy a lot. I want people to effectively walk into the showroom and then have the argument with their wife about which one they're going to buy, as opposed to walk into the garage that has one car in it and no, no choices. Mm-hmm. But how do you see these two airplanes fitting together in one company? I mean, in some ways they're similar airplanes, and in some ways they're very different airplanes. What make? How does it make sense for these two airplanes to be produced by the same company? So I would almost say I don't even understand the question, since to me it's so obvious how they fit. Okay. <laughs> but Because they really do. I mean, when you think about different kinds of products, that would be like, again, using the automotive analogy, that it doesn't make sense for Ford to build a 150 pickup and a little Escort because, you know, they have nothing to do with each other. Why would you do the same thing? Now, I've also had the people come up and say, well, one's metal and one's composite, one's aluminum, one's carbon. Um, Do you see them? Do you see them fitting in different places in the sort of food chain? I know that's a bad term. No, but no I definitely don't. So I, you, you I, see the same customer potentially buying one or the I other. I see the exact same customer having a choice between what they would buy. And the way I've described this in the last week as we've been talking about it publicly is I want the answer to be I want one of each okay. because it's that hard to decide. But it does come down to sort of your mission. If you're the kind of person that's driving a great big SUV, probably the Kestrel is a little bit closer to what you want. Mm -hmm. If you're driving a sports sedan and you can't imagine why anybody would have an SUV, then you're going to think that the Eclipse is the ideal product. Clearly, the Eclipse is the fast, efficient, long-distance speedster. And the Kestrel will be, how do I get more stuff out of shorter and into shorter runways? Mm -hmm. You know, two different kinds of missions. Okay, sure. How's the Kestrel program going? Much, much slower than we had hoped, but we're making lots of good progress. Uh, feel very good about still the the target for the airplane and where we're at in terms of the detail design. We have a good relationship with the FAA. I have to deal with a lot of different government agencies, and what we generally say is that the FAA is better than any of them, which, which doesn't mean the FAA is great and that there aren't different issues with the FAA, but from, from an ACO, from a certification point of view, it really is a pretty straightforward, rational process. So we, we feel good about all that. The hardest part has been raising the money. So 
Again, if you think dealing with the FAA is bad, try dealing with the financial world. But we've made a lot of progress, and now we're at the point where the next amount of money gets the process started on the conforming prototype. Are you telling people any sort of potential delivery window for these Kestrels? I mean, is it, is it this year, next year, 2020? I don't know what. I don't know either. Yeah, okay. What? I mean, that's on, fair. For, for, for years, um, going back into Cirrus products and Cirrus Jet and so on, what I always tell people is there is no date, there are no specs, and there is no price. But it's about three years and about 320 knots and about $3.2 million. $3. million. But, but the reason I say, but there isn't, and this is, this yeah. is just my opinion, and... We've been at this long enough, decades, that we really do understand the variables to the point where, without sounding too either judgmental or arrogant about it, when somebody comes up to me and tells me that they know exactly how long it's going to take to certify an airplane, that's the signal to me that they have no idea what they're talking about. Because you, you can't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlie... You, you too, are associated with a, a particular aircraft, at least over the last last year or so. Um, that would be the uh, the EA, which one is week, not far from the here, one week wonder aircraft that we all built last summer uh, in at uh, at Whitman Field. Um, how you know? And we we've talked a lot about that program as it as it went that that week uh, in Oshkosh. How's it been since then? What's uh, what have you been doing? Obviously, I, I know you brought that airplane around the country, and and it's here as Jeb mentioned. I can almost well, you can't quite see it, but it's right over there. Um, how, how's that program worked out for you since we left Oshkosh? Oh, it's been wonderful. We uh, brought it down to Sebring. and we have it here. Obviously, we'll be taking it to three of the AOPA fly-ins. We, I took it around and visited uh, five chapters in Florida, which was great to get out in the field and take it to where they are, drop in on some chapter meetings, things like that. Um, so all in all, really good. Uh, yeah. I mean, during that week last year, the, the excitement was almost, I don't know, it's a cliche, almost palpable. I mean, it was like really, we were all very excited by that whole, that whole process. It has, and it's different when you're not at an event, but are people still excited about this, this, this idea? Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, it was funny because I, I flew in yesterday morning with it, and I mean, I had just pulled off with my vendor parking sign shut down and the the guy directing traffic right there walked over and found his rivet that he pulled. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, you know, you just, don't, you just don't get that kind of reaction out of most aircraft. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us feel that way about, about our rivet. And and I, I chatted with you at one point somewhere sometime. And, and so and as a result of that, that behavior, you have maybe slightly different plans about painting it? What's the latest on that? Yeah, in fact, I, I, I just mean, it hasn't been painted yet, It right? has not. It's been, what? It's got eight, a lot of signatures eight, on eight, it. What is it, yeah. eight months, nine months since since we finished building it? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and you haven't painted it yet. And and, we, and I picked a beautiful paint job. Yes. So, um, um, but... Uh, the one, my favorite one, but, in, you know, as I've seen the reaction of people that helped on the aircraft uh, during Oshkosh last year, it's really... It's really hit me that a standard paint scheme just doesn't cut it for this aircraft. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I was literally, right before 5 o'clock, I was over looking for Craig from Scheme Designers uh, to talk to him about He's how... He's sitting over our display. I, I, <laughs> I know. I just saw him walk by, but yeah. uh, he wasn't at his booth. But I, I said, you know, I, I left a message at their booth that we need to find a way to better communicate the group effort that went into building this aircraft because... 
Uh, I, at this point, I hate the idea of having to paint it, but right. just and, all and the signatures are in Sharpie. That's right. So, Maybe I know. should make that clear, is that it's not just an unpainted airplane. It's an unpainted airplane with all these signatures next to all these rivets. And uh, and, and I think, isn't there an FAA requirement that you have to leave all the signatures showing as evidence that the builders <laughs> did actually yeah, do right. more than 51%? No, right. it's, it's changed since maybe you did it, Alan. Okay, so you don't have to have everybody's signature on the documentation. Okay. We do have the logbook. Yeah. There you go. I'm sorry. The but what? I did want to mention yeah. what we have coming up for this year. Yeah, well, uh, you know, hold, so hold okay, on. Thought. Right. Let's come back to that. All right. But so the uh, the one week wonder thing has become a nine month wonder thing, and yes. uh, it's uh, it's just very very exciting. And and, and it will in fact be in the welcome center at Oshkosh. Yep. For those people that want to. Again, probably still unpainted. How many hours you got on it now? You know? Hundred hours. Hundred. Okay. Yeah. All right. So fantastic. Go. Yeah. And Rod, your airplane is a little more virtual. Right? It's an it's an open airplane, right? Yeah. And, right. Uh, tell us about. Give us the short version of what open airplane is for people who are not familiar, and then give us an update. Open airplane makes renting an airplane as easy as renting a car. Okay. That's that's awesome. Short and to the point. How do you do that? Thank you. What we've done is we've uh, created a universal pilot checkout. Um, does three things for a pilot. It resets the clock on the pilot's flight review. It earns the pilot up to a 10% discount on the renter's insurance. It gives the pilot access to the same make model aircraft across the country for 12 months. Okay. And there are, not every FBO is involved in this program, but a fair number these days. What's it up to? As of this morning, um, Summit Aviation at Long Beach Airport joined and uh, listed two of their aircraft. There are more coming. Uh, That brings the total of operators in the open airplane network uh, to 84 Mm -hmm. operators in 34 states. And are there a wide variety of aircraft available that you can get checked out in? So there are over 280 aircraft in the rental network today, accounted for 33 types, combinations of avionics and airframe uh, to choose from. Okay. And, and that's on one checkout? Well, no. Each make, model, uh, each avionics. So a Skyhawk is a Skyhawk is a Skyhawk. Right. Unless it's got a G1000, at which point we would do an abbreviated checkout to add that, and then you could have more than one aircraft available to your um, in your rental credentials. So uh, we've got... Uh, you know, some great support from the insurance industry, from NAFI, from SAFE, uh, an endorsement from Cessna, an endorsement from Cirrus. We've been integrated into the Cirrus training uh, program now so that if you get checked out at the factory to fly, uh, say, a G1000 perspective equipped SR22, uh, you can now uh, automatically rent that same airplane across the country through open airplane without doing any more checkouts, any more flying, or any more paperwork. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, the numbers you mentioned are impressive. They genuinely are impressive, because I know the amount of work that went into getting it this far. But is that good? Is this a success? Is it going well from your perspective? I mean, the numbers are still small, but they're going in the right direction. Uh, We compared our flight hours and revenue from March 2015 back to 2014, and they're up 253% year over year. Um, So they're still climbing. We're we're not to critical mass yet. Most pilots I still talk to have never heard of this, which is why we appreciate, you know, getting out, um, you know, and talking to your listeners, because what we think we are uh, at least got a good running start at is making everybody's pilot certificate more valuable. Okay. Which is, of course, what we have to do for this whole industry, whether it's 
how do we make it easier to rent an airplane? How do we make it easier to buy an airplane? How do we make it easier to get your type rating? We've got to figure out how we grow the industry by opening the doors and showing people that they can do it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what inspired us is the idea that uh, having a pilot certificate could open up more things, more experiences. Experiences are more important to people than things. Uh, and that's the way the culture is going. Access to the good is becoming more important than ownership of the good, which is why we focused on the rental sort of model as being the, the quickest way to make the biggest impact for the most people. And we're seeing that happen. Um, we, you know, got a, I got a text message late last night from a, from a, a pilot who, you know, had one day that he had on his own time in Las Vegas this weekend. And he showed up, got off a commercial flight at 8.45 a.m., an hour later stepped into a Cessna 172, flew it for 4.5 hours, including lunch at Grand Canyon, brought it back and put the airplane away at 5.20 p.m. and had this amazing experience. And, you know, he texted me about it because he couldn't have done that if he would have had to blow half a day and hundreds of dollars to do a checkout at the local flight school before he could be, uh, you know, flying the airplane. And so uh, it's at least at a small scale and growing every month working for the people who are are, uh, stepping up to get more pilots. Very, very cool. How many members are you guys up to? Uh, we just crossed uh, 9,100 pilots Dude, across wow. the U.S. signed up to fly with Open Fantastic. Airplane. Yeah. We have to take a break here, but uh, uh, for someone who's not already signed up for Open Airplane, how do they do that? It's easy. It works on your smartphone, on your tablet, on your desktop computer, openairplane.com. And all the information is there, the instructions, and get you into the process. Absolutely. That's great. Well, we're going to be back in a few minutes, and we're going to talk some more with these guys. I hope you can stick around just a little bit longer, at least a little bit longer, if not a long time, and uh, we'll chat because there's a lot more that we can all talk about here at uh, day one of the uh, Sun and Fun Fly in 2015. Uh, You're listening to a special episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on Sun and Fun Radio. G'day, I'm Steve Vischer from PlaneCrazyDownUnder.com. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, Lakeland, Florida, and on the web at liveatc.net slash snf. The Florida Air Museum hosts a wide variety of programs during www.warthunder.com for more information. Now back to the Sun and Fun Radio deck, sponsored in part by supporters of Sun and Fun Radio. And we're back here out on the deck at uh, Sun and Fun 2015. Uh, it's uh, still a beautiful evening here. The, uh, there's a few clouds in the sky, but uh, it's uh, a lot of blue sky. Uh, still a lot of attendees here wandering around on the grounds. Uh, there's a, a number of evening activities. Uh, there's a, a, a restaurant food court thing over here to uh, near the radio station. There's the I, Sunset Grill. The Sunset Grill. The sign is gone. There used to be a sign right there that would help me remember what it was called. Maybe Is it still called Sunset Grill? It think? is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's on the front side now. So there's a lot going over there. Usually there's some live music there as the evening progresses, and uh, and uh, you know, some of the exhibitors stay open. People are wandering around. Later in the week, there are going to be uh, things like uh, evening air shows and fireworks, and uh, a lot of this thing doesn't end when the air show ends at uh, at five thirty, six o'clock. And uh, tonight's a good example of that as people just wander around and enjoy the uh, the grounds. Actually, some of the very best airplane looking is in the evening. The crowd's I, leaving, the temperature's cooling down, and you can just go out and you know find some I, cool I, biplane, and the owner will be sit there, sitting there cleaning it. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. Something. Yeah, you just go wandering and, and around. And you don't have to fight the crowds as much to take a good look at it. Yeah, right. But yeah. if you're into violence, I mean, you can pick the one or two people that are, are around and fight them anyway. Just... <laughs> 
That's an interesting option. I have to think about that. Um, the, uh, they had, we had our first uh, Daily Air show here this afternoon. Uh, one of the things that was notable at the Daily Air show was that it was one of the, if not the first U.S. appearance of the Breitling uh, uh, jet team. Um, it was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys had a chance. Jeb, Dave, had a chance to watch it. I, I watched a little bit. It's... Uh, they're tight. I mean. it's, it's, it, it reminds me of the Snowbirds, which is a team that I always loved. And uh, it's seven aircraft, seven uh, L-39s, and uh, flying in some nice tight formations, doing some really interesting maneuvers. That's a good um, analogy, the Canadian Snowbirds yeah. and their and, tutors. And, yeah. Uh, doing some formation maneuvers that you look at and doing them solo the way they do them is yeah. not that easy yeah exactly have all those airplanes rolling in together uh it, it, hours and hours of practice and it shows yeah so that that uh, kicked off the show uh we were out david uh we were out in the warbirds area at the time at the very beginning of the air show when they did the national anthem and and they did something that's similar but different uh this time uh, they had the parachute guys bringing down the american flag during the singing of the national anthem the difference was that they had the the american flag suspended between two parachuters yeah so it came down uh, horizontally, yeah, uh, like it would be flying from a, uh, a flag mast, right, and stayed that way. And then they did a horizontal, right. Spin. The, the 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 two parachutes, so they were they were upright for most of the way down, and then as they, I don't know what, a five hundred feet, thousand feet, something yeah, about like about five hundred. Yeah, they suddenly because you can do this with these parachutes these days is they basically went out horizontal all right they got the so the, and they were they were pulling on this line that was going through the base of the flag and, and they were spinning around and so the, the flag is doing this spiral thing and then they had I, i'm sure pre-planned that one of them broke away um leaving the other one bringing the flag the rest of the way to the ground it was a really cool moment i don't know whether they'll do that the rest of the week but uh, no was, that was all that was all deliberate planned there's yeah, nothing yeah. accidental about but it it was a, it like was that. a different way of, of presenting the flag than I've seen at one of these things. It was it was kind of cool, and uh, I'm going to watch it more closely tomorrow and, uh, and see if they do it again. And, that was and the nice. guy that was left with the flag hanging off of his rig uh, was fighting the headwind like crazy to yeah. get back to the spot. Yeah. And then the other thing I caught that caught my attention, and this is not a new act, but it ha- is the uh, the jet biplane, which is just like oh, I'm not sure. Waco. Would you fly that airplane, David? Yeah, no, not really. That's just crazy. I'd need a rating, but yeah. He at the very end. He Does did it this. Need a type? Well, no, it's restricted category. I say, do they actually need a type rating? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you got to get an LOA or something like that. So, yeah. you know, he, uh, I mean, he did this a number of times where he did these. You know, he'd be flying, apparently flying with the jet at either low power, probably very low power, flying just on the on the traditional on the engine, engine, right? And and then he would like kick in the jet and he would go zooming the up other the round air. engine. Yeah. yeah, right. And it went, and the very the, the sort of big finish of the act was for him to come swooping down the runway and then just pull straight up and kick in the jet and he just went up like it would have been impressive if one of the you know thunderbirds did this all right he went way up in the sky yeah it's not often you see a a, a, a waco that can sustain a vertical climb is this a waco i know in the old days it was a waco with a jet on i believe it. it still is yeah so it's probably accelerating too it, it, definitely for the first was, four or five hundred feet and then it looked like he might have stabilized but continued to climb uh, you know that you know the origin story of that airplane starts at a bar somewhere. Oh, yeah. 
Well, think about late think, at night. Thinking about the fueling issues when you're at the FBO. Okay, I need Jet A in this tank. I need 100 low lead in this tank. Don't mix them up. And smoke oil in the third one. Alan Klatmar, um, when you visit us in the past, you have spoken from time to time about your thoughts on the kind of future of general aviation and the state of general aviation and 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 what would what kinds of things would help general aviation. I mean, what are your thoughts? Update us on on, on your thinking on, on the state of general aviation these days. Well, I'll try and keep it short or we'll be here all night. <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously, I've always been a huge fan of general, general aviation. It, it's a very meaningful, valuable part of my life, and I'm sure everybody here and most of the people at the show. But we've done a terrible job of expanding that base, getting more people to participate the way we can mm-hmm. which is why I was just noting that you know what what's going on with open airplane what's going on with with one week wonders and how do we get more people in the home built what's going on with what we're trying to do in having high performance airplanes that are still easy to access easy to operate we need to do more of this we've got to figure out how we stop talking to just each other and start talking to the rest of the world that would benefit from it I never fly on airlines inside the United States but I do have to put up with them when going overseas and it's a broken business model. They're, they're in this race to the bottom of essentially commoditizing their seats and where uh, the definition of a commodity is a product that has no difference and the only thing it comes down to is price. Well, why would any of us want to put up with that? And most of the world puts up with it without any understanding that there are other options. And it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be pilots. I think we'd all agree that if, if 10% of the population were pilots, that'd be enough. But what are we at? That, a tenth that'd of a be percent. a huge, huge increase from it where we are now. It would be an unbelievable large increase. In just the United States, 10% would be, what, 35, 38 35 million? million yeah. 36 million yeah. people. Yeah. So. Instead of, where are we now, about six, 600,000? Uh, we're, we're under 600,000 in terms of active pilots. But, but certainly explaining to people that you don't need to put up with the airlines isn't going to get everybody to go out and get a pilot's license. How do, how do we do that? Well, that's why we don't need to be everybody. Well, what we do, my definition of, of marketing is how do you educate, how do you communicate to educate the customer about who you really are and what you can really do for them. We don't do that as an industry. We don't do enough outreach. We don't educate people to understand what it's really like. So obviously most people... When they hear the negative story of a home build, they'll hear, the, and, and we do this to ourselves, you know, the, the old joke of 90% done and 90% left to go. And then you show them how they can get one done in a week, and you go, no, actually, this, this isn't this lifetime project. It's actually results in an airplane that's low cost that you can fly. When you hear about renting an airplane, one of the things you often hear is, well, yeah, I can do that at home, but... And I had the experience. I've been to Hawaii once and had to go through the whole checkout thing. Well, obviously, what you want to be able to do is get more value out of your pilot's license. But we know that. There are some things we can do about it. But what we haven't done yet is communicate that outside. And part of that is young eagles flight to, to young people. But even more important, we've got to start taking their parents flying. We've got to start showing more people. We have to ha- convince Hollywood to have general aviation in movies where it's done well instead of it's the airplane that's about to crash and getting louder. Don't you love that? The engine quits and it gets louder as yeah, it right, goes yeah, down. Yeah. So all of these things have to be combined into how do we as an industry figure out how we communicate to everybody else. Okay. You guys are a start of that. We, we try, but you know we have our little voice. I mean... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big question. It's here, here. a, it's a tough, difficult question. And I just want to, you know, I agree with everything he just said, everything. And I would be satisfied if everyone who 
would like to uh, you know fly and could get value out of flying um, was already flying right like if everyone who this was a good fit for was already doing it right then then awesome like most people who really need an iPhone probably have an iPhone right and 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 so we don't have that situation if you look at the population of our country um, you know and some of the things that you know are challenges like the fact that the country is getting slower because of uh, you know uh, the hub and spoke system in the airlines and the congestion on the highways right it's tw- it takes 20 percent more time to get from New York to Dallas on a commercial flight not because the airplane's flying any slower than it did in 1980 but because of the congestion problem and the hub and spoke system and all these kinds of things so everyone needs us if everyone who could benefit from aviation actually had access to it um, in terms of just knowing what we know and, and getting inside the fence, uh, then I'd be satisfied. I'd be okay. If, if there are only 600,000 people that should be flying, then okay, cool. But I know better than that. Right. Well, what we have as a, a product, general aviation, is not obsolete. It provides fantastic benefits to people. They just don't know it. And and don't know it in hilarious ways. So every once in a while, I get to take somebody flying who's never been flying before. It's a great way. To I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> they, well, but but you take somebody flying, and and so one of the things we do wrong is we take people on their intro flight, and we put them in the cheapest beat up old 150, and show them what it's like to learn to fly. Well, that's the, answering the wrong question. The question we should be answering in the beginning is why you should fly, not how you should fly. Once everybody gets why, then how comes along naturally. Uh-huh. So you take somebody for a ride in a cool airplane in in a cub in a uh in a cirrus in something other than the beat up most beat up trainer and once they're hooked then you say okay now let's go get in this trainer and let's talk a little about about how you do this but i did this once it was uh, in central wisconsin it was a perfect day i had this attorney who'd never been up in a small airplane and it struck me that you know we're, we're flying around on a, a trip around the area that he couldn't have done in five hours in a car and we did it in a half an hour it was in a, a cessna 182rg and the whole time he kept going, this is glorious, this is glorious, I can't believe it, this is glorious. Because he really had never imagined what it was like. It, it, you know, it was unimaginable. So when you have something that's so good it's unimaginable, you have to demonstrate it, not ask them to imagine it. Looking out the front window as opposed to the yeah. side windows I, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, no. I, I sadly spend a lot of time flying on the airlines here in, in the U.S., and, and I, I have a dream. The day there's a, there's a day coming in my life when I will never again travel in an airplane where I can't see out the front window. That's, that's my goal. That's a worthy ambition. Yeah, so we'll and see. And the way we, we do expand that and drive the cost down is by getting more people involved and educating people on what is available at the light end. And yeah. as we see the improvement in electronics and technology, you know, the, the smallest airplane becomes a cool traveling tool. Yeah. Charlie, um, EAA has a lot of ideas about how to uh, grow GA, grow uh, the pilot population. There actually is a grown-up version of Young Eagles, right? How's it, what's Eagle that? flights. Is that going well? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I hear from time to time news about it. but Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's caught on to the level that we would like to see it caught on by, by any stretch. Uh, but we continue to promote it. it. It was designed with that idea in mind that oftentimes you get the adults that bring their 
their kids at the Young Eagles rally, and we wanted to enable that to happen. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I think still a lot of our pilots get more of a thrill out of giving a, a, a young person their airplane ride, but we have some that are doing the Eagle flights, and, you know, kind of that wall has been taken down. Have we really promoted it to our chapters? No. I mean, not to the level that we, we would like. When when we were getting to the end of the week last summer at at Air Venture, um, and and the the airplane the one week wonder airplane was was nearly done, and and we, we saw you going around, and you, you had this kind of combination of like you know excitement, you know you were you know pumped and also exhausted. I, I kept thinking about you know it's like it's like the the, the 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 new mom you know who's just delivered the child and 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 is being wheeled out of the delivery room, and and you know some well-meaning you know friend says. When are you going to have another or something like that? You know, yeah. and it's just like you know. And so and that was on my mind. I'm going. Don't ask Charlie that question. Don't ask him that question. What are you going to do next? Summer? But now, right. but now, you know, you know, um, the baby's nearly walking now. So uh, you know, do you have an idea? What are you, you're not going to do another one of those, are you? Oh no, uh, not this year. <laughs> See, you all wish you could have seen that look on his face. Okay, like, no, 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 no. Come on. What's the rest of the answer? What are we yeah. going to do? What okay, are we going to so do? What we're going to do this year is we. Uh, we are going to build five sets of wings for five different kit aircraft. Oh, okay. Um, and then we are going to give those wings to five of our chapters with the challenge that they finish those and bring them back to Oshkosh in 2017. And also, since chapters can't operate aircraft, that's one of the restrictions. Yeah. They can build them. They just can't operate them. So we're going to challenge those chapters to form a flying club around those aircraft as well. So what I'm envisioning is by the brown arch in two years you're going to see five new five different new aircraft sitting there that were all constructed through that model of a chapter build project very cool with so, signatures all over them quite positive yeah, yes. i know huh? <laughs> have you selected the airplanes yet um i'm not ready to say but okay. i have four kit companies committed and you could probably sit down and figure them out if you i got to figure after the excitement <laughs> of last year they're lining up they they want to be involved in this program the next time i yeah it is a bit of work though i mean you know and it does take away from yeah. You know, being at a booth and all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, we've got four very excited kit companies which we'll be announcing shortly after Sun and Fun. And then we have uh, over 21 chapters have put in so far uh, for a set of wings. And, and if Jack gets this out before the 15th of uh, May, oh, which is the deadline, <laughs> you could still join in if you're a chapter out there listening. I blame this on Jeb. <laughs> it was actually Dave and I were talking about that earlier today. Now, these get out pretty quickly. This one, this episode will be on the net tomorrow, actually. So, uh, yeah, that, that word will get out. Um, how would you, do you envision, are there going to be seven building programs side by side there on the... Uh... Uh, right now, what I'm envisioning is I'll have two sets of wings. So two different kit companies' wings will be going on at the same time. And then as one gets wrapped up, then we'll go on to the next. Kind I'm of just thing, curious. So. You, you said seven. I'm wondering how the inflation works out. What, what were the seven? Yeah, I think Charlie started with five. Don't add more no, to no, his no. work. Five kit. So, so I'll have ten wing, ten wing panels will get built. One's so a biplane. Twelve different, twelve <laughs> different wings. Right. One's a biplane. Right. Right. And and so anyway, these fourteen projects that they're going to have done right. in the first four days, so that they can get sixteen yeah. more in well, the last. I don't know where seven came from, but uh, all right, it's only five. Well, huh? let's vote. Well, on. Why I, it's not I, even hardly worth doing, Charlie? If it's only five, that's no, right. no, that's right. It sounds great. That sounds very very exciting. So, uh, uh, when, so we'll do we'll do five full length 
UCAP episodes during the week of Oshkosh. <laughs> you, you stuck your you stuck your foot into hey, it. Hey, you know time. what? I'm 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 standing here thinking, yeah, let's do that. When we'll, when you all announce the companies that are supporting this, will you also have the chapters picked, or will that wait? Uh, that'll come a couple of weeks after. I'm going to have a volunteer committee pick the five different chapters because one of my old chapters is in the running, so I have to uh, okay. disqualify myself. Yeah, so airplanes are in the sky here at uh, at uh, Lakeland. Uh, they're uh, coming and going on the, out on the runway. I, I, I guess they must be. Uh, you know, it's not showcase stuff anymore. It's it's people. Oh no, people air show ended in, in, about five thirty three yeah. just before we came on. It's so, the flying part of the fly in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the out part of the fly in actually. Yeah, this so, is this is open airspace now, now for the arrival. We're back here on the uh, on the Sun and Fun Radio deck, um, which is sort of at the 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 rear portion of the showgrounds, but we can see the uh, the uh, run the air over the runway in the distance, and we see some cool airplanes. We see lots of airplanes, and they're all cool, but we see some particularly notable ones from time to time, um, and uh, they're. Uh, they're flying out there tonight, so uh, they're flying here anytime the weather's yeah. good, and they're busy over in Paradise City. Yeah, what do you think's going on down there, David? Describe what might be happening down there. Actually, it looked like a better. I didn't ask DJ about the head count, but it looks like he's got a better cross section of uh, light sport and light experimentals over there. A little larger population of airplanes. Uh, the uh, the rank and file flyers hadn't come in uh, in any great numbers yet, but then again, the weather to get in here hadn't exactly been ideal here and north of here, so I look for that to get better toward the end of the week. Anybody get out to the seaplane base? Um, not yet. I have not. I thought there wasn't I, I, one this year. Yeah, that's what I was canceled? just kind of wondering yeah, about how no. that works. They, they Because they they, they, I swore that was an Apple, April Fool's joke. No, no, apparently not. That it's been it's so wet down here yeah. um, that uh, that the uh, the body of water that they were going to operate in and out of was unusually high, and all, oddly enough, that created problems. Well, came with came by Fantasy of Flight driving over to uh, Sarasota from Orlando Thursday afternoon, uh-huh. and That's you could see it was higher. When I was yeah, driving but, into town, I I was coming down that what's that uh, I. Four, I four, I four, and I'm I'm driving down through that area, and all which of a sudden, direction were you going? South southbound. Yeah, so I'm going southbound. I'm approaching the Lakeland area, and all of a sudden, I see this cool biplane take off from the right, or right over the interstate, and kind of climbing out. And I'm going, I didn't know there was an airplane airport in this area. And I'm kind of like trying to figure out where I am and looking at my GPS, and suddenly realized that it was the Fantasy of Flight um, runway, and it was an airplane just kind of taking off right over the runway. It was cool. It may actually be over here now, but we probably should check. I mean, I assumed it was the right answer. Is it? Was it a? A now I'm really, confu- I'm really confused. And, so, <laughs> and it, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in like this seaplane amphib sort of let's fly and land and take off from water thing. You know, like there's there's renters insurance now available, non-owned renters insurance for seaplanes. Cool. Like yeah. that's a that's a new thing. So it may well be possible to actually rent a seaplane at some point, some sort of float plane, or maybe someone's working on that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I know you can in Maine. I know there's a couple places in Maine where you can rent yeah, a, yeah. rent a seaplane. Having renters insurance for that was like impossible. You, you know, you could either buy it or you, you could buy it. Like that was it. And so now that you're going to have renters insurance, so there's these pieces in the ecosystem that are starting to come together. Icon is going to be shipping soon. Um, you know, according to an email that I saw recently, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's new designs. There's a lot of really interesting things about the idea of 
flying on water, and which I only did for the first time just last year at at Oshkosh, you know, and, and I was like, ah, I see this. But the idea that a pilot certificate that has a seaplane rating is no longer just a vanity plane. Boy, that's exciting. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. During the break, Rod, you alluded to some something you want to tell us, some sort of... What, what, what's going on we, here? We we have some news for you, Jack. For me? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, Open Airplane's coming to Nashua. Oh, all right. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah I've been waiting for you to... Yeah. The, the Nashua, Air, Nashua, New Hampshire being my uh, home airfield. So, yeah, so Pilgrim Aviation, oh, which okay. is uh, cool. an operator yeah, in yeah. our network, uh-huh. is uh, launching a new location, and they're going to be starting with a 172 at Nashua Airport, and it'll be available for rent uh, in the open airplane network, and it'll be available for someone I know to get a checkout. There you go. Uh, when when is it happening already, or soon? It's or? soon. Soon. They're in the process. I saw I saw the paperwork coming through, uh-huh. and I thought of you, and I, and I thought, I'll totally send them an email. I'm like, and I had that head slap moment. I said, no, I'm going to see him next week. I will get to tell him uh, in person. The fact that I get to do it live on the radio is even better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're about to take another break here. Um, and uh, and Alan and, and Charlie and Rod are really busy guys, and I'm really thrilled that they were able to take some time and visit with us. But uh, I, they may or may not be here after the break is over. Um, but let me ask the three of you real quickly, what are you looking uh, other than the businesses that you're involved with and the, you know, the, your, 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 your mission here, what are you looking forward to this week? What's... Uh, what's What's on your uh, on your dance card for the rest of the week, Rod? Why don't you go first? Uh, this is it for me. I'm uh, on oh, a 945 flight out. Yeah, I'm uh, back sorry. to Chicago. Ah. Uh, wire frames that need to get drawn and and software that needs to get built. So uh, the, the I'm day out job. Of here. The day job. No, no, no. This is all for open airplane. Oh, really? Yeah. There is no day job. Um, open I, airplane is is the day I job. Actually, of- I left corporate America to focus on building open airplane uh, in June of 2013. Two days after we launched the beta. Well, jump off the cliff. Way to commit. Out I know. Yeah. The water is when you get there. I know. Yeah. 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 I agree. Build it on the way down. Yeah. Alan, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, I would I would say everything, but that would only be a slight exaggeration. But, you know, I, I love what's going on in the LSA world and like to see the airplanes coming and going over in the evening. Obviously, the Warbirds, I'm hoping that a whole bunch more show up. I get a kick out of going out there and sort of a little bit of everything very cool charlie what are you what are you looking forward to you are you did they let you out of the booth well i made my way out of the booth today to uh watch the subsonics uh aerobatic routine during the air show yeah that was, that was impressive i usually don't go out of my way to see many of the air show acts but uh what what what, what attracted you to that one? Oh well sonics is based in oshkosh so i've been watching uh-huh. the development of the jet and uh you know, to be able to see it perform in front of the crowd was was good, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, that was enjoyable. And then I want to go over and visit Paradise City this evening as soon as we wrap up here. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. We really appreciate it, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck on your various ventures and programs and projects. And, and, and thank you, everything. Thanks you know, for what you guys do. Yeah. Thanks to all Absolutely. of you for coming very, by very on kind of yeah. short Twice. invitation. Yeah. You yeah, guys rock. Time. Jeb and Dave, before we uh, go to the break here, uh, what's uh, what uh, what you know? What are you guys looking forward to? I guess is the question. Well, I think Rod kind of put his nail, uh, put the the, the hammer on the it. nail. You can do it. You can do it. All right. Yeah. Earlier, talking about the people. Yeah. And uh, how you know you come to the to air shows to see airplanes. You come and to to see what the new products. You come to uh, see the air show itself. But sometimes you forget about the people. I had been on site twenty minutes. Yeah, and I'm running into people left and right. Yeah, that 
it just it just didn't, never clicked that that was going to be such a big part of the day mm-hmm. for me. And of course, you know, you recovered and moved on and mm-hmm. accepted and 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 oh yeah, I've done this before, dude. You know, what's your problem? You you, you knew you, you're going to start running into people you know and say hello and catch up with them and and do that. Well, it's the classic fly in air show experience. There's normal time. There's air show time. Right. When you tell somebody that you'll be you'll meet him in 15 minutes, you better have left 15 minutes ago. Because <laughs> crowd us, interrupt us, will make it 30 minutes to happen. That's only when you're trying to get somewhere with you. What are you looking forward to, David? Anything in particular? You're just you, see you you settle in. You're different than the rest of us. You you've been coming to this air show for a long, long time. Yeah, right? my first one was 1982. Uh, I think the three gentlemen ahead of us uh, kind of hit it. I, I want to spend more time at Paradise City. I've got a couple of experimentals I want to look at, some avionics I need to check out. And a company that's working on a certificated design I need to visit with for a story project. Uh, it's not the heaviest lifting, but it'll keep me occupied. Yeah. All right. I, I get th- we're going to come back and talk for a little bit longer here just uh, uh, about, you know, whatever. This, this will be more like the regular podcast where we just, you know, We'll make it up as we go. But uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM Lakeland, and on the web at liveatc.net SNF. If you like vintage cars and motorcycles, you won't want to... Now back to the Sun and Fun Radio deck, sponsored in part by supporters of Sun and Fun Radio. What a beautiful evening it is here in Lakeland. Uh, the, uh, the the sun is still out. It won't the sun won't set for another oh, half an hour or so, and uh, we still do have people wandering around the grounds. Airplanes uh, coming and going here, and uh, I was trying to stretch and fill time here while my partners are finishing up their conversations and rejoin me, but they're just ignoring me. So uh, I don't know what. I guess I'll just have to keep talking here. Uh, the uh, it, what a thrill it was to uh, have those three guys uh, take some time out of their busy schedule and uh, and chat with us uh, they all have uh, uh, very very cool uh, uh, perspectives on on general aviation and, and flying and uh, they put their you know blood sweat and tears where their mouths are they really really get in there and try and make a change here and, and make a difference and, and that's very cool who, who are you talking about because i know it ain't me no i'm talking about our three guests here uh, oh, who, yes, uh absolutely who uh, you know just have no, done some it, great things well you think about some of the, the 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 brand names and and the, the the movers and shakers and the innovators and the entrepreneurs and uh, uh, in this industry and in any group of say ten or even twenty names, these three names are going to come up. Yeah, they're we, doing some outstanding. These three names work. are going to come up, and and we're we're just very happy to have have. Uh, uh, welcome them to the Sun and Fun Radio deck, yep. and uh, been able to chat with them in this manner. Yeah, absolutely. It's all so, good. Uh, hi, David's back now. So, uh, <laughs> no, Sorry, you, guys. you thought I wasn't going to? Yeah, well, no, he was late too. So it's not just you. Oh, I knew you'd fill, but uh, yeah. So uh, they have a little issue inside that I needed to tell you we, until Mr. Shawbetter about. So, so. we uh, and uh, Dave Shawbetter is going to rejoin us in a few minutes. We're just going to chat for another ten or fifteen minutes here about what's going on, and uh, and then uh, and then we can go get ourselves a bite to eat and. Uh, you know, it's uh, w- but but then Dave Shaw better wanders out here now. What is he? He's got a uh, a church key here that he's waving around. I don't know what this means. And uh, 
I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe I don't want to know either. Hi, David. David Schalbetter, the uh, chairman of uh, the the volunteer chairman of uh, Sun and Fun Radio. The world headquarters here in Lakeland, Florida. I know, huh? How you doing, guys? We're doing good. good. We had a really nice yeah. conversation. I know you were you were entertaining some of your volunteers out back, and that was right. very cool. But uh, we had a great conversation with a handful of guests out here. And uh, super deal, super deal. Yeah. I will, as as usual, I will after Sun and Fun ends, I will go back and listen to this and yeah, and and very briefly go, what in the heck did I do? Yeah. You, uh, st- it's still only day one, so uh, obviously we've got a lot, a lot to go, and you've only seen, you know, only a little bit of it has happened so far. But, but Dave Shellbetter, you've been spent the day, and you and your staff have spent the day interviewing people. Um, any particular story caught your attention today so far about things that are happening here at the fly-in? Oh, you you're, it's like you're asking a father what's his favorite child. Yeah, okay. Um, cool things happening. The, the Ford Trimotor. Uh-huh. The ride hoppers. You can come out here and you can buy a seat and go for a ride in a Ford Trimotor. The Lakeland Aero Club, Mike Zanudis is running that up, you know, running that. And it's it's all about supporting youth in aviation, which Sun and Fun is all about education, mm-hmm. you know, securing aviation's future. Um, if you take a ride on the trimotor, the Florida Aero Club cadets or members are marshalling, or they're, they're handling getting people on off, you know, all that stuff. A portion of every ticket sale on the trimotor this week goes to support the Florida Aero Club and their basically barnstorming trip to uh to osh this summer you know they the bunch of them fly up they caravan up they have three four five aircraft and they they fly on up and they, they fly for the day and they land and these are these are the kids kids i mean we're talking 18 17 18 year old kids are flying from central florida to wisconsin and they go up there and they fly in the air show and stuff and they they hit all these stops along the way and they have a, a chase vehicle they have a ground crew that sun and fun staffers drive they drive ahead and meet him at the next airport, and then Mike sees flying his, uh, like he's flying his forty horsepower T craft. So you know the students land and and they're on the ground for several hours, and they've had dinner. And here comes Mike putting along. Hey guys, just save me any. <laughs> so that's uh, great. Yeah, great times. But that's that's one of the big things. There's just so so much really neat stuff going on. Yeah, it's hard to pick. I mean, that's it. Get go to the Sun and Fun webpage, sun n fun dot org. And click on the fly-in tab and look at a lot of the neat stuff going on. There's just yeah. so much cool stuff. Yeah. And you know, in addition to the people who the the main folks who are listening to this podcast live right now on the radio or on the internet stream, um, a lot of our list, our our regular audience will listen to this in the coming months. And there. There are places to listen to Sun and Fun Radio after we leave here this week. Absolutely. Well, Sun and Fun ends, but Sun and Fun Radio doesn't. Yeah. How does that work? Sun and Fun Radio stays broadcasting 24-7, 365. And this year, we're actually, um, once the, there's been issues this year with computers going down and, and not playing nice to reconnect and Wi-Fi going down and power outages and it was really kind of catch as catch can. You'd, you'd click on the, the live stream, and you may or may not hear something. When Actually, when we stop broadcasting for the evening and when Sun and Fun ends, Sun and Fun Radio's loop of information and stories goes to the cloud. And it's all cloud-based now. So when we're not broadcasting live from the deck overnight and then when Sun and Fun ends... It's all done from the cloud, so I promise there will be no interruption of stream. So you can listen so, to liveatc.net slash SNF, and we've, we run 
all of the live interviews, all of the field interviews, information upcoming. If there's a particular interview you want to see or listen to, you can go to chatsfromthedeck.com. Mm-hmm. Chatsfromthedeck.com. That's our archive site. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great content on there. There's, that's where all of our years passed and everything else is in there. And, uh, you know, it's great stuff. If you want more information on the radio station, snfradio.com. Right. That right now, that takes you to the Sun and Fun website for the radio. Sure. And, and then... Um, you, have, you have so many people helping you here. Surely you don't need any more volunteers. I always need volunteers. Yeah. So. And... Uh, one of the changes to uh, the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast recently that I just wanted to mention real, real quickly is uh, uh, we have a lot of our listeners who are very generously make donations to our tip jar, have been doing it for years, and uh, it's very useful to us and uh, helps us pay the server fees and, and occasionally some avgas and occasionally some sushi, but uh, it's, it's always very, uh, very, very appreciated. And people keep asking us for other ways that they can uh, make that kind of a, of a donation to the podcast. We've just recently signed up with a, a service called Patreon. Patreon, uh, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, um, is a, a service uh, that's sort of a crowdfunding kind of thing. It creates a way for people to support creative programs and projects, um, either by making, uh, you know, kind of time-based donations like every month or, or, uh, or issue-based donations like every episode or every, you know, uh, uh, issue of a magazine or whatever it might be. Um, we've signed up with Patreon, and we are inviting people um, who uh, so choose to, uh, to uh, make a pledge to uh, s- uh, support uh, Uncontrolled Airspace for every episode that we produce. You can go to patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace, and uh, there you can make a, uh, a pledge of as little as a dollar or as much as you want per episode. And uh, they care, take care of all the bookkeeping, and uh, you'll get a little email every time we put out a new episode. And we're also going to put together some uh, some cool bonus stuff for people who, who pledge to us that way, that uh, little special things that not everybody gets. Well, right now, as chairman of Sun and Fun Radio, I will provide you with a free subscription to Sun and Fun Radio as one of your prizes. Well, thank you. I so appreciate that. That's, and that will it's go. all I can afford, yeah. so right, be glad. Right. <laughs> your generosity just is, is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so is my bottom line. <laughs> I think we've got to get the going here. The limit. Uh, Jeb and Dave are looking a little hungry here, so uh, we're going to kind of wrap things up here. Um, let me just say that uh, we will be back uh, on, on the final day of Sun and Fun 2015 uh, here on the deck. Uh, Sunday morning, I believe at 11 o'clock, um, we're going to be uh, doing this again, and we'll kind of wrap the week up and, and hopefully have some special guests who will come by and, and tell us about their experience throughout the week, and so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're also going to do a series of our shorter uh, versions of the podcast, the so-called dailies, uh, and we'll do those throughout the week with a lot of special guests uh, that we've got lined up and that we've yet to discover. And uh, those are a lot of fun. We do those uh, on on location, if you will. I mean, although this is on location, but we actually will do one from the ultralight LSA field, and we'll do one from the Paradise City. Yes, exactly. And uh, so uh, those will appear in our feed as well throughout the week. So uh, so if if you don't already, uh, pay attention to uh, uncontrolledairspace.com and our our section on uh, iTunes and on the other uh, podcast indexing sites, and uh, you get more of that as the as the week progresses. So uh, we're going to keep busy, and uh, and uh, um, I am, by the way, also uh, posting a Twitter a Twitter sort of I'm live tweeting Sun and Fun uh, this year uh, at my around the field uh, identity. So. Uh, 
Give them hey, guys, look over the field. Are you eyes, eyes to the field, folks. Uh, eyes to the field. B-17. B-17's B-17 flying, flying over. Uh, high over the uh, aluminum runway. Overcast. Uh, and, uh, yep, aluminum, aluminum overcast. Aluminum overcast coming by. There we go. That's the kind of stuff you see here. That's That's man, I can't think of a better way to end a podcast with this sound. That is a great sound. That I want is. to thank everybody who uh, who helped us out with this uh, this episode. Dave Shalbetter, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, you and all your crew and and uh, who help us out here, um, it's just uh, it's it's a pleasure. And uh, we've been doing it for a long time, and hope we'll we'll get to do it for a long time uh, still. Uh, to our uh, our special guests, uh, Alan Klapmeyer uh, from uh, One Aviation, Charlie Becker from EAA, and Rod Rakek from from Open Airplane. We really appreciate them taking a few minutes to uh, come and, and visit with us. Um, Amy Laboda was here a little bit at the beginning. We had so many people around the table here. We literally ran out of microphones, and Amy very graciously uh, stepped back. And uh, we will get her in, an, in a daily episode uh, real soon now. So uh, we we appreciate Amy. Uh, James, who you just heard say hello, will actually be in a da- in a in a, uh, in a daily or mo- or more than one um, soon. Uh, big thanks to uh, my two good friends here, uh, Dave Higdon and uh, Jeb Bernstein. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson. And uh, David, was there something you wanted to say? You know, flying's the key to a long life because, as you know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. TTFM. <laughs>